Hello, friends. Welcome to Nexus, a smart buildings technology podcast for smart humans. I'm your host, James Dice. If we haven't met before, I write a weekly newsletter on this same topic. It's also called Nexus. Each week, I share what I've learned, my opinions, and what I'm excited about in the quickly evolving world of intelligent buildings. Readers have called Nexus the best way to stay up to date on the future of this industry without all the marketing fluff. You can check it out and subscribe at nexus.substack.com or click the link in the show notes. Since starting the Nexus newsletter, many of you have reached out to me wanting to talk shop, and we have. After a few weeks of those wonderful conversations, I realized I needed to record and share them with our growing community. So here we are. The Nexus podcast is born. This is our chance to explore and learn with the brightest in our industry together. Okay, let's dive in then. Episode six is a conversation with Prabhu Ramachandran, CEO of Facilio, a software as a service platform for facility operations and maintenance. I really like where they're headed and this was a really fun conversation. We talk about how Prabhu was inspired by remote monitoring practices in the telecom industry and why he launched Facilio in the commercial real estate space. We talk about the next wave of smart buildings, which Prabhu calls CRE 3.0. We deep dive into Facilio's software, including the architecture, the suite of native apps, how it provides a single pane of glass for operators, and much more. This episode of the podcast is directly funded by listeners like you who have joined the Nexus Pro membership community. You can find info on how to join and support the podcast at nexus.substack.com. You'll also find the show notes to this conversation, which has links to Facilio's website and Prabhu's LinkedIn page. Without further ado, please enjoy Nexus Podcast Episode 6. One more quick note before we get to this week's episode. I'm a researcher at the National Renewable Energy Laboratory, otherwise known as NREL. All opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to me or the guest. No resources from NREL are used to support Nexus. NREL does not endorse or support any aspect of Nexus. Okay. Hello, Prabhu. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, James. Thanks for inviting me. I'm very uh, glad that I'm part of this podcast. Yeah, so please um, introduce yourself and uh, introduce Facilio for the folks. Yeah, so... My name is Prabhu Ramachandran. I'm the founder and CEO of uh, Facilio. Uh, about my background, I started my career with uh, Zoho Corporation. And myself and my co-founders, we spent around 17 years with Zoho, where I was heading one of the three product divisions of Zoho that deals with software for telecom network infrastructure management, that is remote infrastructure management of pan-country telecom networks. And I also built the Internet of Things software platform and applications product line within Zoho, where we had applications like windmill monitoring, solar monitoring, industrial remote asset management solutions, vehicle tracking kind of solutions. So broadly, my background is from building large-scale enterprise software around data-driven remote monitoring and operations of infrastructure. That's what I come from. And at Facilio, so we offer a software platform, a cloud-based software platform for real estate operations and maintenance. And we offer this to 
real estate owners and operators who own a large portfolio of facilities that are geographically distributed and our solution helps our customers to run their entire portfolio of facilities from a centralized platform in a very efficient data-driven model. Cool. Thank you for that. So it, it sounds like you were implementing intelligent solutions for telecom. They're not facilities, right? They're communication yeah, stations and those sorts of things. And yes, yes. it sounds like you realized, hey, there's a big opportunity to do a similar thing for the building space. So can you tell us more about why you started Facilio? Yes. So in my previous 17 years of career, I, as I explained, I've always been working on technology that helps large distributed infrastructure. Telecom is one. And also as part of the IoT, we are working on like windmill farms, solar farms, vehicles across countries. So primarily around how can you employ technology to bring efficiency in operations, maintenance, remote management of infrastructure. Okay. So with this background, when I started Facilio, I saw that real estate as a market was like a couple of decades behind where telecom is today. In last 20 years, if you look at telecom as, a, as an industry, it has undergone like tremendous evolution every few years, every five years, right from what you say, like the landline to mobile, within mobile 2G, 3G, 4G, now 5G. And even the adoption of telecoms across the world has been very, very fast. But the industry has been able to move so fast. One of the core pillars is their ability to remotely run their operations in a very, very efficient way so that they're able to scale faster, plus they're able to offer high level of service quality. Okay. So compare that with buildings. Imagine like, imagine a telecom tower today is being forced to have like one engineer sitting there in like 24 cross seven across ships and every few minutes going and checking some terminal like your BMS room for any alarms and then calling people to raise tickets. So we, we cannot have all these communications possible today. So, but that's how the buildings are operated. So we thought it's a huge opportunity for us to apply technology like the power of cloud, the power of uh, mobility, internet of things, machine learning into real estate operations and maintenance. Like how can real estate operators operate their entire portfolio as a single entity? Because obviously there is, there is tremendous opportunity there to bring in efficiency when you look at across portfolio, very similar to what has happened in industries like Uber, like model, and also areas like your supply chain, how supply chain has enhanced because of these connected systems. So we want to bring that level of sophistication into real estate so that real estate owners and operators are able to operate the portfolio very, very efficiently. Got it. Cool. So it sounds like you, you said you serve real estate is commercial real estate. So office buildings, is that your primary target market for your product? Yes. So we are currently focusing on commercial real estate. And within that, in our earlier days, we started office buildings as our core target. And then over a period of time, we are also seeing that our asset class expanding into like other assets class like retail, hospitals, government buildings, the like education institution. 
because the product applies across asset classes, but still our major focus is commercial office buildings. Got it. So you're coming to us from India today. It's quite late in the night there. So I appreciate you um, making the time for us. So where, where are you guys throughout the world? Where are your offices? And then where are your clients located at this point? Yeah, so we are headquartered in US. Uh, we have our headquartered office in uh, New York. Uh, we have a local team in New York. And uh, we have an office in Dubai. Our Middle East operations are run from our Dubai office. We have our core development team sitting out of uh, Chennai, India. We recently opened our office in uh, Singapore. And soon we are looking to start our operations in uh, Europe. Th these are the areas where we operate currently. And uh, with respect to clients, currently a major part of our clients are in Middle East. And the next market is uh, US. We have clients in Brazil, India, now starting to sign up customers in Singapore, Europe, and other regions. Cool. And I have to make a shout out to Ephraim, who's one of your employees in NYC or New York City. Uh, he's a podcaster himself, and he was really influential in getting me to start this podcast. So yeah, shout out yeah. to Ephraim, and thanks to him for that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, so let's transition over to the product itself. So the Nexus audience is what I like to call smart building nerds. So I feel like we got to do a deep dive for them to really understand the ins and outs of, of what product you guys are bringing to the marketplace. So I, I think a good way to set the stage for that is for you to talk about this concept of CRE 1.0, 2.0, um, and 3.0. So you, could you talk about what, what was 1.0 and 2.0 and what problems did we have with those? Yeah. Yeah. So the way I would define the 1.0 and 2.0 is 1.0 is more about very pointed automation technologies coming into buildings predominantly as part of construction. So you have your HVAC automation, elevator automations, fire safety automations, and then there is a BMS sitting on top of that. Uh, but again, these are all hardware-driven system, less software, and uh, done at a per facility, per building level. And then the 2.0 is a software layer about that, uh, like siloed pointed tools, tools for energy management, for fault detection and diagnostics, asset management, uh, facilities, maintenance management, uh, inventory management, space management. The, these uh, all fall under like pointed tools being used again, mostly around site level. There could be like same set of tools across portfolio used by different teams, but they solve one purpose. Okay? But mostly they are not talking to the automation systems. That is the 2.0 environment. Okay? So 3.0 is the new, new way of looking at real estate operations where one, your automation is important, but the softwares that are being used, they are talking to the automation system. They are looking at data. They are leveraging data, number one. And number two is instead of being like siloed tools, these systems are very contextually integrated. They are more open so that customers have the freedom to go and bring in their own custom workflows, uh, custom rules into these systems very easily rather than doing this as like six months project with so many people deployed. These are like very, very flexible systems. That is the whole 3.0 that we are calling where it is data driven. It is always looked at 
portfolio wide so that customers are looking their entire portfolio as one entity and the systems are very tightly and contextually integrated and they are more open and collaborative for the customer rather than being vendor locked this is how we are defining the 3.0 got it and so back on 2.0 for a second what what are the problems related to having all of these smart systems that are still isolated essentially yeah so one is because the data like so if you if i'm a customer and then we end up with dozens of different systems they solve the purpose for that particular site or that particular set of buildings they are applied but in a world where if you are able to derive efficiency by looking at how is your operations running across your portfolio if your customer has say 30 40 million square feet or dozens of buildings across a city and if the customer is having real time visibilities into how their teams are performing how their tenants are being served what is their satisfaction level what is the sustainability of each of these buildings which part of buildings are performing well and why they are doing it can i apply that learnings into other systems this is not possible with this 2.0 model because the data is scattered and uh, there is no contextual integration everything that gets done it takes unnecessarily lot of time so from identifying a problem creating that into a ticket in a different system and then once a ticket is assigned to a engineer he or she has to go again talk to different people probably look at the bms go and talk to the bms engineer get some reports downloaded from that for analysis all of this takes a lot of time so that is where the 2.0 model falls at this point in terms of enabling customers to bring in efficiency so in 3.0 if everything is data driven there is a centralized data single plane of glass plus customers have the flexibility to leverage the data work on the data get insights from the data and pass on this insights contextually to different stakeholders that is that is how they are able to gain superior level of efficiencies yeah and just to drive that home i've done fault detection and diagnostics for a long time as <laughs> our listeners know and one of the huge opportunities in that space is obviously the you know people start to prove the value and start to realize hey this is important these faults are really good i want to start doing something about those faults now and i think what people find is that it's not that easy to take a list of faults and easily turn them into work orders and mm -hmm. so what i'm hearing from you guys is that you're providing one platform for both of those that's natively integrated together is that right yes Yes, you're right. Plus, on top of that, even within our fault detection and diagnostics, the way we have built it is again a open platform where customers can easily. We have like templates, different templates for different FDD rules. Customers can load the template, they can make changes, apply it, test it on one set of properties, and then apply that into their other properties across their uh, portfolio. It's very easy. They need not come to us. and uh, they can get trained they can define create their own rules on top of that the fdd system itself is not just based on the data that we pick from bms alone we have integrations with uh, say if you have a lighting systems that can count people or any other people counting systems which is based on bluetooth or beacon or wifi signals we have integration with that for people counting for density so that can be considered for fault detection and diagnostics on top of 
weather data, occupancy data, we can integrate with attendance systems. So because we are building a platform and there is a growing set of integrations, customers have access to all these different set of data and insights so that their FDD itself is more accurate, more fine-tuned. And we have a work order management systems wherein the FDD rules from alarms to work order can actually be automated or it can also be like semi-automated with someone coming and approving and then creating into tickets. And when the tickets gets assigned to someone on their mobile app, they get access to all the data. If the ticket is about uh, HVAC equipment, they have access to historic data, analytics, reports from that equipment, and also current live data that is coming out of the BMS on their mobile app. On top of that, we have a root cause engine that actually runs rules to find what could be the different root causes for that particular problem. So if I'm a technician, anywhere in the world, I get access to all these information right on my mobile app. So I'm able to react faster. I'm able to go and fix or work on the problem much faster than the older way of me going physically to the building, talking to BMS, getting reports, looking at them, and then coming up with some set of next next steps to go and do it. Got it. Yeah. So it's it's no longer about having siloed systems that you're integrating. I mean, you're starting with all the systems being integrated together. Right. So that's that's really. I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot of platforms approach it from that perspective. So when you describe the product to people that haven't heard about it before, what do you call it? Do you call it analytics? Do you call it? building operating system like what is your what is your terminology because that's a huge thing that um, a lot of our listeners have problems with there's so many yes, acronyms yes. there's so many yeah. names on the marketplace yes so what we call this uh, building ops cloud okay? and the explanation for that is uh, operations and maintenance cloud for real estate portfolio so what we offer within that is there are two components into it one is an iot software which goes and sits into each of the buildings. And that software has ability to go and integrate with existing automation systems using different protocols like BACnet, Modbirds, Roundworks, OPC. We have supported all these protocols. It, it grabs the data, pushes to the cloud. And within that cloud, we, we have a cloud platform which embeds our FDD engine, workflow automation engine, mobile platform, machine learning models. All these are part of the platform. And on top of the platform, we are building suite of applications. And we currently have three suite of applications. Number one is, we call it as connected building apps. So connected building apps includes your fault detection and diagnostics, sustainability management, and remote building operations module, where we, we can actually go and control the buildings. We can change set points from Facilio, like a BMS which includes your three-dimensional graphics integration with BRIM, you can literally operate the entire building from cloud across portfolio. So connected building is broadly these three. Sustainability management, which is energy, water management, reporting, dashboarding, analysis, MNV, regressions, all of that comes into it. Uh, and FDD and then building controls. The next suite of apps is maintenance suite which includes your planned maintenance, unplanned maintenance, help desking, asset management, inventory management, uh, vendor management, all of that comes into our maintenance management. 
and the third uh, suite of apps is tenant engagement module which includes your visitor management vehicle entry management vendor management uh, chatbot for tenants to quickly easily raise tickets know who's working on their tickets uh, utility bill management for tenants all of those tenant facing apps come under our tenant engagement module so broadly we have three suite of apps and they are all very contextually integrated they all work on the live stream of data that is coming from the buildings and customers have the freedom to take all three apps three suite of apps or they can take one or two and we have apis to go and integrate with an existing apps that is already deployed within the customer premises okay very cool and do any of your customers i'm sure they just start out with one or two of those like you said which ones do they start off with usually so we are seeing a mix like i would say the connected and maintenance management are the predominant ones and we are seeing more and more adoption of tenant facing apps particularly the larger customers they want to make sure the tenants the experience for tenant is very frictionless right in terms of raising problems being made aware of who is working on it so the first two apps the connected and uh, maintenance are the more predominantly used and more and more we are seeing the tenant one as an emerging category got it okay yeah so that that was a great overview of the capabilities of the platform in terms of the scope of the platform it sounds like you guys are connecting any and all building systems is that right mm-hmm. is there any any system that you wouldn't pull into the platform or is it any smart system any any system that's producing data you guys are going to yeah. pull it in okay yes so our model is again we have a software edge edge software and it, it talks in standard protocols any system that supports protocols like backnard modbus opc lawnbox we have already added it on top of that we have apis to pull data from say an excel upload a excel sheet parsing excel sheet and taking data or a csv file or java apis to integrate with third party application to pull the data okay. or rest apis to integrate with existing third party application they could be like attendance systems or an accounting systems or an inventory management system so both from automation and software we can pull data got it okay and and the iot software it, it can run on a virtual machine or put on some sort of hardware gateway is that the approach yeah yeah it it runs on a linux environment so usually customers would put it on a standard gateway we don't sell that gateway we want to be like hardware agnostic it can run on a linux based gateway or a virtual machine in some cases customers go for a industrial pc to run it it's a choice of the customer and the edge itself is uh, very hardened it is intelligent to in case if there is no network connectivity it can store the data and then push it later and the interval of data push is configurable the alarms are pushed immediately any any data which is performance or which is critical data is pushed immediately it is highly secure we have data encryption both for storage and uh, communication between the agent to the server is completely encrypted uh, to a highest level got it okay I want to key in on the supervisory control aspect of this. So mm-hmm. I want to talk about use cases, but first, is th- is it correct to assume that this functionality would take the place of the B 
BMS aspect of managing set points, supervisory control sequences, schedules, trending, all of those things that typically happen at the server or sometimes supervisory control level of a building automation system. Are you guys basically able to replace that or is it supplementary? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, uh, as you agree, this is like a very emerging model that is coming up where uh, there is a BMS in a building and there is already a trend where there is a IBMS, they call it as IBMS where four or five buildings are controlled from a single BMS. Okay. So we, we replace most part of what the BMS does right from scheduling to set point controls. And on top of that, we have more advanced fault detection, reporting, dashboarding, and all those tools. But the core uh, area where we do is even we also have 3D graphics. And on the graphics, equipments, run status, faults, everything is visualized. And from the graphics, customers can go and control, make set point changes, trigger set point changes, and get it executed. There is also a lot of automation where based on rules, we automatically go and make these changes into the underlying automation control systems. Got it. I mean, I think that's a key point here is that the CRE 2.0 paradigm that you, you talked about mm -hmm. is really an overlay software on top of the BMS. And I think what you're describing is the ability, you don't have to do it. It doesn't have to mm -hmm. be like this, but mm -hmm. a building owner no longer has to have what I would call a BAS and a BMS. They could just have a BAS, which is just controllers and comm wire, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And they could leave the BMS aspect, which is a significant cost um, yep. and a significant complication in some cases, they could leave that aspect to a platform like yours, right? Right, because there is clear value in centralizing this piece of software because your control logic, your FDD rules, they can be applied across portfolios. Of course, there'll be minor tweaks, but uh, instead of going and making defining FDD rules in each building physically sitting there and maintaining these rules based on weather changes, based on occupancy changes, they can be done from cloud so that they are more efficient and the learnings out of them can be applied across portfolio. Cool. Yeah, I agree. So what other, so it sounds like scheduling, alarming, 3D graphics, set points. Are you doing any sort of what I would call like advanced supervisory control where you're optimizing set points using something like machine learning or optimization algorithms? Yes. So we have two layers into this. One is our rule-based fault detection and diagnostics where we currently have around 100 plus predefined rule templates just for the HVAC systems alone. Plus, we are also building machine learning models where we take the historical data and we, we run our machine learning algorithm to do anomaly detections, predictive maintenance of equipments, predicting problems in the equipment beforehand. So these machine learning models are again, so we, we have a library and we are continuously building them. So first one is the FDD. From day one, our rule-based FDD kicks in. And once we have at least one year of data, then our ML models start applying on the data. The outcome of the ML model is again an alarm and the alarm could trigger an action. An action could be a ticket or it can also be going back to the automation system and making dynamic set points adjustments for either energy efficiency or equipment efficiency. 
Yeah, that's another key point here is that, you know, the, the CRE 2.0 paradigm, just to kind of piggyback on your model, is that yeah. when you have a fault, it just goes on a list. The, you know, the yeah. loop is not closed. It's an open yes. loop. So yes. I think what yes. you're describing is that you, you come up with a fault. The fault might say, hey, this sequence of operations is wrong. So what mm -hmm. you're saying is your platform actually would then close that loop and say, let's improve the sequence of operations automatically. Right, right. It does, yeah, so it is automatically, yes. And in many cases, it can also be a semi-automatic where we trigger a workflow, somebody looks at it, approves it. These can all happen in like within a minute and then we go and make these changes into the buildings because sometimes not all use cases, customers want the automation. They want some time for these kicking. So it could be like a supervisor getting a pop-up message on their mobile app saying, hey, this is what the system detected. The system can go and make these changes. Can I go ahead? Then they approve that. It goes and does that. Got it. Cool. So you kind of mentioned this a little bit there, but I'm hearing there's quite a bit of pushback from building operators on this kind of new paradigm of supervisory control. So what are you seeing kind of from around the world as far as building operators allowing this advanced supervisory control to happen? Yeah. Yes, so it, it's a new category. It requires organizational changes within the real estate company because part of the workforce moves from the physically in the building. They have to go to the some sort of command center or even that is not required in our model where they can work from anywhere. So what we are seeing is that customers are initially looking at applying our platform to first acquire the data because that itself is very, very hard in real estate where if I have a portfolio of properties, can I have my operational data sanitized and readily available in one place? Like data about my energy consumption, about my equipment's performance, equipment's age, about my facilities workforce. In, in most cases, it is some outsourced uh, set of uh, workforce, but still we need like who is doing what, whose performance is better, whose SLA is better. So this data itself is not available for customers. That is where customers are starting where they're looking at a platform and first is visibility across portfolio. So number one, they start with that and then, then they look at, okay, so now I have the data and then we have this application that does fault detection, diagnostics, energy management, and they, they are automatically converted to ticket. That is, they look at our maintenance management. So once that is there, they see the value that they get just by having this portfolio wise data, benchmarking, baselining, and then they look at, okay, now we are ready. Can we go and apply our automated controls? That's how the flow comes in. So first is the platform for data, which is basically bringing visibility into problems, then applying like mobile enabling all the workforce, right from your building engineers to technicians, to cleaning staffs, to energy auditors, everybody gets contextual access to the platform. So that brings in the organization level behavioral changes. Plus that also brings in the visibility of what the value they get out of this. Then that enables them, that gives them the confidence to go ahead and look at like centralizing their BMS operations. Great, thank you. Yeah, that strikes me as a much more strategic way to approach these advanced yeah. types of supervisory control than yeah. say, there's many companies that have popped up in recent years where that's all they're doing. And yeah. 
I mean, I think on one hand, you could say, you know, that's also strategic as a company for them to say, we're only doing this one thing. But I've had a little bit of skepticism, and I'm writing about this right now for one of our deep dives, Mm -hmm. is I have a skepticism of that being a standalone solution when you don't have all these other boxes checked, like you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. See, my conviction is that rather than looking at each of these components, as you say, like we need to enable customers to operate their portfolio, like the, the entire portfolios, the operations and maintenance of their entire portfolio has to be done centrally. That itself is not there where a lot of, there is so many layers of outsourcing in real estate. So they are outsourcing the BMS maintenance to one company, they fire maintenance to another company, they cleaning to another company. There is so much of money being spent the customers do not have visibility. They do not have the flexibility to go and bring in efficiency here. That is where like the, the ball gets dropped. So first is to bring that shift in the whole way of doing operations maintenance. That is where we thought the platform plus application model is a right fit. Where even for us, once customers take platform, we know that they are not going to buy all the 10 different applications we have but definitely they are going to start with two or three. They are seeing value and uh, they have the confidence they're going to increase it. In some cases, they may not get some of the apps that we are providing. They can go and get from our competitors or point solution vendors, but we make sure that we are APIs to go and integrate, exchange data between these apps. For example, some of the apps that we are not building, we feel that uh, it is better for customers to take it and integrate this like, through space management application, like your hard desking kind of applications. There we expose API so that we feed data into these applications. We also get data from those applications to control or adjust HVAC systems. Similarly, like an accounting application for real estate. That is something we don't specialize in, but we are APIs to go and feed data into it. Similarly, BIM and digital twins, that is not something we are doing, but we are going and integrating with several BIM vendors so that when customers bring in their BIM, they are able to integrate and have it as one single component across portfolio because we provide APIs and data exchange. Okay. And, and yeah, and I wanted to hit that eventually. So maybe we'll just talk about it now. The platform aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you provide that API for that third party app, how does the workflow for the user work? And, and maybe if you could just use the BIM or digital twin example, is a 3D model being brought into Facilio's user interface or is that a separate application that it sounds like you're just making sure the data is the same on both platforms? Yeah. So again, currently we are taking application integration on a case by cases. So when it comes to BIM, the kind of integration that we are doing now is so BIMs are traditionally for the construction life cycle and post construction, they are not updated. They, they become stale because they are not in line with how the buildings are today. So what we do there is because we are getting real time data, operational data from buildings, we pass on this data to BIM in terms of status of equipment so that when the BIM visualizes these, they can say that, okay, this equipment is in faulty condition. These are the list of faults. And we can also pick up data from BIM when we onboard a building, we can go and get access to the asset information, asset models from the BIM so that the onboarding is okay. 
And next level of integration that we, we are also doing with some BIM vendor, we are doing single sign-on so that from Facilio, if customer wants to visualize a particular floor or a particular building, they can actually have uh, that visualized on a browser, but we will render it from the BIM application because we are doing single sign-on. That is one use case. Similarly, we do cross single sign-on where from a BIM, if customer wants to view a asset detail page that is rendered from Facilio, they can probably select and invoke a Facilio application page, which gives like what are the tickets pending for that particular equipment, what are the faults, what are the alarms. So that is the contextual level of integration we do. Underlyingly, how it is being done is, one, we have APIs to exchange data. Two, we also have APIs for single sign-on kind of use cases that enables this whole integration much faster. Great. Okay. Yeah. I think this is just one place where at least I have some confusion in the marketplace when people talk about apps. Mm -hmm. So just in this conversation alone, we've talked about your connected building apps, which is your mm -hmm. FTD, your sustainability and your control. Mm -hmm. I mean, those make total sense. Um, but then when you talk about third party apps, I think where there's a lot of confusion is how those apps are actually implemented for the user. So that's where I'm asking these. So yeah, you know, some yeah. people are, are coming out with this concept of like a, an app store, like the iPhone obviously has the app store. Mm. Um, mm. Android has the Google app store. So yep. how, how are you guys thinking about that? And the reason I'm asking is because I feel like with, with the iPhone, at least that's in our pockets, the app store is a way to kind of future proof the platform in a way. Mm -hmm. In other words, no matter what future use case comes along, someone could just build an app right on top of that. And they're not necessarily relying on you, Facilio, to build that app, right? So I feel like that, that structure could make it a lot less risky to invest in the Facilio platform. How are you guys right. thinking about that? Right. So that is where the roadmap for us is going where we we are not at there meaning we don't we have not an opened a app store or public app integration as of now but we are probably like anywhere between like six months 12 months away from that but currently what we are doing is we have uh, other than our connected building apps we we have a concept of connected apps where currently with the other application vendor we are collaborating and building these integrations and making them available for Facilio's customers to pick up those apps that we are pre-integrating. So other than BIM, we have integrated with people counting apps. Uh, there are applications that count people based on beacons or Wi-Fi signals. So we have pre-integration with these uh, vendors so that if customer wants to do people counting and then use that data for day-to-day uh, -day optimization, they can do it. Other set of apps is camera applications. We have integrated with multiple camera vendors where today you have AI cameras that can do people counting, gender-based counting, proximity and all those stuffs. So we have integrated with that. So we have APIs that can be integrated with other camera applications. Uh, access control system is another area where we are integrating and getting that. So currently we are collaborating with other vendors and building a pool of integrations, making them available for our customers. But we are slowly moving to a model where as the, our systems matured, we will make it as an open marketplace where other vendors can come, integrate, get listed. But we, we are like, maybe at least in here from that stage now, but as a roadmap, we are going there. 
Got it. Cool. Yeah, that's something that maybe you can come back in six months or a year and talk yeah. about it because that's I'm just tracking that. It's just something that I feel the industry needs to head yeah. towards. It sounds like yeah. you guys agree. So yeah. back on all the different capabilities of the platform, you mentioned all the different layers of outsourcing. And it's something that I've talked about on this podcast before. It's just there's so many people that are using the building. So you have mm -hmm. service providers, commissioning agents, obviously the O&M team in-house, you have energy engineers, energy managers, design firms, all the different other types of contractors. So how are you guys approaching this problem of building a software platform for all these different users, but really it's only one user interface? Yeah. So the way we do it is, again, so one is, we have a platform plus application model. Underlying platform is common and we have like FDD as an application, work order management as an application. So there are mobile apps that render those applications on the mobiles. Okay. If somebody is getting access to work order management, they log in and they are technicians. Uh, then they get all their work orders. They are supervisors. They can approve work orders, things like that. Somebody has access to the energy management module also, then there is a separate visualization of energy data reporting dashboarding. So what we do is all the apps that we build on the server side, we are also building mobile apps and mobile rendering for it. That is one layer. The next layer is we have a access control model where you can give access to a person for different modules plus specific sites. You can even give access to a specific floor uh, where that person he or she is allowed to work on a specific module so that is how we are handling it so which means everybody gets their contextual apps a tenant has a separate app where again within that there are multiple modules like billing chatbot and other things based on their permissions these modules get enabled in the mobile app Cool. And I think this is key for something you said earlier, which is this acronym that I keep hearing, which is SPOG or single pane of glass. Yep. And it sounds like the way you guys approach a single pane of glass is that based on the user and what their use cases are, they're going to see different apps and have access yes. to different apps. And that's right. how you're basically executing the single pane of glass concept. Is that correct? Right, right. So for example, if I'm a sustainability engineer, I get access to my MNB module, regression analysis, my reporting, dashboarding, analytics, but the underlying data is common. So the MNB module uses the same data. Similarly, FDD modules is also working on the same data and asset performance optimization also is using on the same data. So that's where the model of having a common platform, which stores data, normalizes, works on the data. And then application just go and access the data. And on top of applications, you have access control permissions where based on what user and uh, which properties they get access to that. Got it. And I think part of the single pane of glass definition is that you at least in some ways remove the need to even log in to all the different siloed systems. Is that something you guys are hoping for and seeing? Yes. So if you look at uh, our model itself, we currently have like a dozen plus application ourselves, right from fault detection and diagnostics within our platform. There is no need to like log in into different systems. So once you get access, whatever permissions you have, we are going to access it from that particular tab or from that particular mobile apps, number one. 
and we also go to a next level where in case of like for example the bim integration that i explained we also do a single sign on so that if the, without like physically manually logging in customer can jump between apps got it interesting cool so yeah it's just something that i haven't seen done well yet and mm -hmm. it's something that i'm i'm always tracking as well so it seems like that concept has the ability to reduce what I would call O&M overwhelm. So every facility manager I've ever met, they have way too much on their plate. And there's this mm. like sense or emotion of overwhelm that I sense every time I talk to one of them. So it, it just seems like something that, that could help with that if you have one platform to log into. Yes, because of the nature of the business, as I said, there is several levels of outsourcing contracting. And if you look at an individual, their job, their responsibility is very fenced. It is fenced for particular building or particular type of problem. If I am a fire safety contractor, I just have to do what I am contracted. I am given five buildings. I just have to do that, but I have to make sure I'm doing it right. Okay. So that is where this model, where we also have like vendor portals. If you are a third party vendor, you get access to Facilio platform and you are a vendor only for fire safety management, you log in, you get all fire safety related alarms, fire safety related planned maintenance, unplanned maintenance, and uh, you can pick it up, you can respond saying, hey, I'm, I'm assigning this person, uh, and you get a mobile app where you are able to go physically, go to the building, scan a QR code, uh, do these work, take pictures, upload, get an e-signature from a local person. All of those workflows are automators digitize and they are all recorded within the platform so you know that okay i outsource my set of properties to this fire safety maintenance company maybe in one city there is another one that i'm using among them over a period of time this team is very timely their slas are better their quality of service is better so i can start giving more business to them so that level of data customers can start acquiring that is what is missing here where if I'm a real estate company, I want to own my data, utilize my data, learn from the data and optimize my operations from the data. So that is what this platform application model that we are bringing in helps for customers to basically use their data uh, for their own efficiency. Yeah, and I think there are a lot of efficiencies to be gained in all those different service contracts and the ways vendors are managed and, and that sort of thing. I, I took a deep dive into that on episode four, the last episode of the podcast. So if any listeners mm -hmm. want to dive into that, it would be a good place to go check it out. So let's yep. dive into your sort of go-to market strategy and your, your business model. So one thing I want to ask is how you basically justify this investment for owners of office buildings. And it sounds like there could be some good savings as far as consolidating all these different um, siloed systems, right? Yes, yes. So one, what we are doing is, even though this brings organizational behavioral changes, but a lot of what we are doing is customers are used to it, but used to it in a different way. These are all budgeted, like the BMS has, FDD engine customers are buying different set of energy reporting tools, energy efficiency tools. They are going and procuring uh, software for work order management. So these are not new, but the model of doing it across portfolio in a more efficient way 
is a new thing. So we already have, we don't have to educate customers on what the application itself delivers. That is already understood. But the education comes in terms of what is the additional ROI they are going to get by operating across portfolio, by operating based on real-time data that is coming out of it. Okay. So the way we substantiate is the most prominent one is the workforce because maintenance and operation is all heavily manual workforce driven, outsourced, and uh, it's a very moving populations. Uh, people keep on changing because it's an outsourced job. You have to make sure that the quality of service, the timeliness of service and the efficiency of service is very, very high because the tenant's expectation is changing. So in that world, when you do portfolio-wide, and when you bring uh, this data-driven plus mobility, everything is done on mobile apps and you have things like geofencing, QR coding asset and all those stuff. That actually brings in tremendous level of workforce efficiency in terms of individuals able to do their work faster, better, more accurately, number one. Number two is once you do this, once you onboard all your properties on the platform and then mobile enable everyone and do the planned maintenance in a proper way, your unplanned work drastically comes, comes down. That's what we are seeing with customers where the unexpected errors, problems that tenant face, that comes down drastically, which reduces the work for the maintenance. So that, that is where the workforce efficiency comes in terms of reduced work and faster work by applying mobile machine learning, root cause analysis and all those stuff. That is one. The next set is the asset performance. That is the building assets like HVAC, fire, elevators are both expensive and mission critical. Lot of money is spent on both procuring them and maintaining them over a period of time. So if these assets are maintained predictively, uh, use based on data, if the data is available, customers are always looking at it. What happens is the performance of the asset and the life cycle of the asset improves. So that is next to substantial value that real estate companies are liking uh, next to the workforce aspect. The third one is the sustainability angle because you are doing A and B right. Obviously it leads to better energy usage, better water usage, which then leads to savings. Yeah, so I mean the primary sales message i guess is reduced operating expenses and that seems to yes. hold true across energy across uh, workforce yeah your internal workforce so it, it seems like a new paradigm for o m and and that's really the message i'm getting from you guys yeah yeah okay and then so how are you guys going to market then are you going direct to building owners or is it a partnership model where you're going through service providers or what's your approach there yeah, we are doing a hybrid model. So we also have a channel partnership network where, because it's a new category, we go to existing companies that are doing some sort of business with real estate companies. They could be like partners of automation companies like Honeywell, Siemens, Johnson Controls. So these are like local citywide companies that are selling automation that are doing maintenance of BMS and all the stuff. So that is one category. Next category is facility management service providers themselves. We go and partner with them. So they can be our channel partners. We also partner with a larger IT system integration company because they do a lot of work with real estate companies. So we partner with them. So one is a channel partner model. Plus 
In parallel, we also have local sales team, which works very closely with the customers, where we are usually like going along together to the customer and selling it because it's a new category. It requires organizational changes. So we want to make sure like we have our salespeople who work very closely with the channel to go and approach the customers, educate the customers and close the deals. So that is the GTM model. It's a mixed hybrid of direct plus channel partners. Got it. And how does your pricing model work? Is there an upfront cost or um, I'm assuming there's a SaaS fee, but is there also an upfront cost? Yeah. So it's a pure SaaS model. We have a annual subscription license, uh, which is based on number of properties that customers onboards. And uh, the product itself is very, very modular. We spoke about so many applications like energy, FDD, work order management, tenant management. All these apps are like modularly priced. So we do a per square foot, cents per square foot model. So within that, each application is priced separately. So customers can start with a very small set of properties and maybe one third of the modules that we have and then expand into other properties, expand the scope into more modules and uh, very, very less upfront cost. Mostly we have a small onboarding fee, which is for onboarding the customers into the buildings, into our uh, application by loading up the buildings, creating a space registry, asset registry and all the stuff. So it's a pure SaaS model, annual subscription modular. Got it. Okay, cool. So I want to kind of close this conversation with a uh, little current events. So it's mm -hmm. the um, end of April 2020. So obviously, mm -hmm. we're in the middle of some global hardship at the moment. So with everything to do with COVID, and as we talk about reoccupying buildings, restarting our economies, how are you seeing tools like your platform changing O&M processes moving forward? Yeah, I see the challenge for real estate as like a two stage. One is first to restart. Okay, when things are getting bad, people are coming back to work or retail malls or whatever. First is the operations teams has to be ready to restart operations. There is a challenge there. Uh, one is because of there are like different countries have different cities have different uh, rules. Like sometimes it says like you can only have 30% of workforce on the field. So with all these constraints, how can an operations and maintenance team make sure that the building is up and running for the occupants to come and do? Number one. Next one is uh, there is more emphasis on cleaning, tracking visitors, looking at probably the temperature of uh, the occupants on a regular basis. These are something new work that the operations and maintenance teams are going to face. So they need help in training. They need help guidance in doing it properly. So these are the initial challenges, but longer term, real estate companies, uh, the challenges for them is in general, the rents are going to be like, there is a pressure point there, reducing income, maybe like potentially reduced occupancies for next short term. And with that, now, as realist company revenues are coming down, they are going to look at how can we become operationally efficient. Okay. The first problem is the whole uh, making sure the service is up and running and with the new challenges. The longer term is how can we become operationally efficient so that the whole profit is not affected, like can be controlled, like can be increased. 
So with these two challenges in mind, from Facilio, what we have done is uh, broadly two things. One is we have a community like what we call an educational series called Future Proof, where we run meetups among customers. We do country-wide summits. We have done like two, three times earlier, where we bring in the industry to collaborate and learn. So as part of that, we launched a video interview series where we are bringing in different stakeholders from the industry and asking them to share very specific, very actionable inputs that others can learn. For example, in a country like, say, India, for the buildings to reopen, governments are coming up with very specific compliance laws. Like we are bringing experts where they can explain how to go about that compliance. And uh, we are bringing in experts who can give insights on how to restart a building that is completely shut down. So basically an education series, one place where the industry can come and get access to different knowledge bases, number one. We already launched it three weeks back. We have had like three speakers so far. We are bringing in at least one speaker every week. Plus we are also collating a lot of contents about government complaints and other things. That is part one. The next part is within Facilio's product, we have quickly made a lot of changes that will help operations and maintenance teams to operate efficiently with all the new challenges. For example, what we have done is we have created ready-made routines for sanitizations, like going and cleaning your door handles more frequently, cleaning common areas, conference room more frequently, plus how do you schedule it and uh, ability to take pictures and display that pictures for tenants. So the tenant get confidence that, okay, in my building, all the common areas are cleaned like once in 75 minutes on an average. Yeah, that is one. Second one is how do you handle visitors and even occupants? Like when a visitor comes in, can we go completely touchless? The visitor need not even uh, touch and enter their information. So everything is sent with a QR code. Somebody comes, shows a QR code in front of the camera. They are given pass. And next set of touchless is we are enabling customers to go and make temperature changes without touching any buttons like your remote buttons or the buttons of the thermostat. They can just go and scan a QR code in the room, the conference room, and from their mobile app, adjust temperatures so that they are not required to even touch these uh, buttons. Yeah. So touchless, we have already implemented for HVAC. We are currently working on uh, like even for elevator that is still work under progress. So scheduling workforce, bringing in this cleaning routines is one and enabling touchless controls is next one. And the third major one that is for long term is our applications helps customers to remotely operate buildings. So yeah, the building operations teams can operate their entire portfolio from anywhere in a much more efficient way. Instead of having one person in a shift in each building, they can move to a model where these person shares multiple buildings and they can be more efficient. Plus they can operate from anywhere from their mobile and from their web apps. So these are the things that we have already done for our customers and we have already rolled out so that they, we help them in handling this new situation. And another thing that we are doing is we are closely looking at what are the local government compliance that are coming out and making sure we are adding them into our product in terms of routines, in terms of reports that customers can take and share it to government authorities when they need it. Great. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Thank you for sharing that. 
So as we wrap up, I'm just looking at all, all of my notes here. I mean, the one kind of open question in my mind um, before the final question would be, when you look at the vendor marketplace and potentially look at your competitors, how are you guys building this platform differently than other kind of platforms that pull all the facility data together? So how's your approach different? Yeah, yeah. See, currently, uh, when it comes to competition, like, uh, again, we are still early in this whole curve and our challenge is to build the product, right product for the customers rather than like worrying about competition because again, it, we are still early. We are one of the early movers. But in general, the way we are doing it is one is we are making sure we are very, very hardware and automation agnostic. We don't sell any hardware. We don't build any hardware so that we are not like forcing customers to bring in a specific hardware or rip off their existing ones and putting ours. That is one area where we are very focused. And uh, next to one is we are keeping the whole model as platform customizable workflows wherein customers are able to bring in their knowledge about their properties into the product without like a lot of dependency on us. With very, very less dependency, they are able to bring in their own FDD rules or their own workflows, like workflows for approvals, workflows for generating work orders, for paying for the work orders, all those stuff. Uh, a lot of times the maintenance operation team have so much of knowledge, but the knowledge is not getting converted into actions and workflows. That is one area where we are focusing so that we stay closer to the customer and we give a lot of freedom for the customers to operate. Okay. Um, from a competitive point of view, broadly like one set of competition is the larger automation companies who are now coming into this platform play like Honeywell, Siemens, Johnson Controls. So they have been acquiring technologies and putting together. Um, but because we are building all these apps ourselves, so one, we are ahead of them now and we are able to be more flexible, move faster, do it. And the next set of competition is again, a lot of startups, but many of them have their own hardware in terms of metering sensors and bundle with the software that, that actually becomes a scaling problem because we are staying neutral on hardware. We are able to get a better coverage compared to startup is point solutions. Got it. Yeah. Thanks for that. So as we wrap up, I wanted to give you a chance of, to talk about what you're excited about moving forward, whatever else on your roadmap that we haven't covered and any recent wins or anything like that, that you want to share with the group. Yeah. From a roadmap point of view, we, we, we started working on this whole remote building operations for quite some time and we are going to accelerate that faster. So we believe that this whole new situation is going to trigger customers to look at technologies that will help them to one, operate their buildings remotely and reduce their operational cost. So that is one area where we are going to focus on how can we, as you said, how can we move a lot of these building ops into cloud instead of, you know, old school installed uh, software sitting in a BMS room in each building. So that is one piece of roadmap. And uh, next areas we are focusing is our whole predictive maintenance with both FDD and machine learning models where we are going deeper into covering the HVAC systems, elevator systems, where once we have customers start using Facilio after a year of data, our machine learning models can kick in and they can really create tremendous value 
in terms of identifying problems earlier, reducing the failures. So that is another uh, broad area that we will be focusing. Third one is uh, we, we are integrating with a lot of applications like people counting, cameras, access control systems, and also like business applications like Facebook, uh, Slack, WhatsApp. These are also very, very important. So the third party apps integration is another area that is right there in our roadmap. Yeah, very cool. I'll have to have you back on in a couple months and talk about those things. Sure, well, sure, sure. Probably I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, where can uh, people find, find out more? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, again for having me. And uh, the listeners can go to fesilio.com, F-A-C-I-L-I-O.com. We have uh, tons of knowledge sharing content there. And there is also option customers can write to us. So they can chat with our uh, live representative from the website and reach out to us. Okay, great. Well, thanks again and uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you, James. I appreciate uh, you having me on this podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. All right, friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nexus Podcast. For more episodes like this and to get the weekly Nexus newsletter, please subscribe at nexus.substack.com. You can find show notes for this conversation there as well. As always, please reach out on LinkedIn with any thoughts on this episode. I'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.